If you're 40 or older like me, losing weight can get tougher and the old tricks may not work any longer. On top of that, balancing family duties often means neglecting your own well-being. Good news, you don't have to struggle with weight loss anymore. I will help you tackle hormonal and metabolism changes and share proven strategies and methods to lose weight for good. Prioritize your health to fully embrace all that life still has in store for us. Hey, 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 ladies. Welcome back to Trim and Timeless. My name is Dr. Anna G, and you are listening to Episode 7. How's your January going? It's mid-January now, and if you made losing weight or getting in shape as a New Year resolution, I hope you are doing well. I am so excited to talk about today's topic, which is sweet surrender, escaping the grip of sugar and flour. Today, I am going to get on top of my soapbox and do some hometown preaching, so to speak. By the way, my hometown is Oakland, California, so I just wanted to give a shout out to my Oakland friends. I have a fondness for my Bay Area peeps, even though I have now been a Southern California girl for more than half my life. And although I was born in Hong Kong, my family immigrated to Oakland, California when I was one. So I consider Oakland my hometown and Hong Kong my beautiful birthplace. Okay, back to why I want to climb on top of my soapbox. We need to have a little chat about sugar and flour, okay? Because knowledge is power. Before I do that, I want to share personally that breaking the sugar and flour addiction for me was so difficult. I grew up always loving candy, pastries, and sweets of any kind. I remember at Halloween, after I ate up my entire bag of candies after we went trick-or-treating, I would ask my sister, Lily, if I could have some of hers. Unlike me, my sister Lily did not devour all her Halloween candy at once. She kept her candy in this personal jar of hers. So I recall begging her for her candy and even offered to buy it off of her. Now, my sister Lily was financially savvy even back then. So she ended up selling her candy to me and I would buy them with a few coins I had. Anytime, also anytime my parents brought home sweets of any kind, especially the sweet Chinese buns from those Asian bakeries, I remember my eyes would light up and I would run and devour them. As I grew up, I remember always going out to get soda, now and later candies, if you guys remember that, (laughs) or red vines or Oreo cookies. I loved Oreo cookies and I loved splitting them up and licking the filling first. I always loved cake. I always wanted the slice, the biggest slice of cake, number one, but also the one with the most frosting on it. I loved ice cream. My favorite would be strawberry cheesecake ice cream or any ice cream with caramel swirled through it. So you guys can see, I definitely had a sugar and flour addiction. So when I first started to learn how detrimental sugar and flour was to my health, because it causes inflammation in the body and it dries up the insulin in our bodies, I still couldn't stop. I tried to stop, but I didn't know 
how to. Even as a full-grown adult, I still had a craving for sugary, sweet stuff. I know, I know some people that tell me that as they grew older, they didn't like sweets as much. That was not me. For sure, I had a sweet tooth. And I wanted so badly to break my addiction to sweets. I knew what it did to my body, but I just didn't know how to stop it. Now, when I finally understood scientifically the addictive nature of flour and sugar on our brains, plus what it does to our blood glucose and insulin, it actually became relatively easy to give it up. I was incredibly shocked that I could give it up without white knuckling or with major willpower. And that is why I feel you need to know it as well in order to help you break the vicious and addictive cycle, if that is you as well. In this episode, I will focus largely on the addictive aspect of sugar and flour. In the next episode, I will focus more on the effects of insulin, I mean, of um, sugar and its effects on insulin. Let's talk about why we would want to stop eating sugar and flour in order to lose weight. Did you know that sugar and flour are such concentrated foods that give a concentrated dopamine response in your brain? So what is dopamine? It is a neurotransmitter made in our brain, and one of its roles is to act as the feel-good hormone. It gives us a sense of pleasure. Dopamine is a part of our reward system in our brain that from an evolutionary standpoint, think Darwin, rewards us as we are doing things that we need to do in order to survive, such as eat, drink, and make babies. Our brains are designed to seek out behaviors that release dopamine in our reward system. When we are doing something pleasurable, our brain releases a large amount of dopamine. So, because our brain has registered that something felt good, we continue to seek more of the feeling. That is why sugar and flour are so addictive. They trigger the release of a large amount of dopamine into our brain, which gives us the feeling that we are flying on top of the world and we want to repeat that experience, right? Just like when we go to Magic Mountain to ride roller coasters. It's like we feel so good. It was so fun. It was such a high that we want to run back in line and, and get on that roller coaster again. So back to the sugar. However, the fact that processed, processed foods are so artificially concentrated and condensed with sugar and flour, they cause an unnatural and excessive amount of dopamine release in our brains. Our foods have become highly processed and highly addictive. If we think about how things occur naturally and then compare them to how we concentrate them into a huge hit of something at once, we can see how these things that give the biggest dopamine hit are the most profitable, most lucrative sellers. For example, cocaine is concentrated coca leaf. Pornography is concentrated sex. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok are concentrated connections. And sugar and flour are concentrated foods. Things that used to be a natural and powerful conditioning trigger are now a false pleasure. 
giving us a concentrated dopamine response. So the more we eat flour and sugar, the more the desire and craving for these foods is enhanced. The more dopamine that gets released in the brain, the more our neural uh, receptors downregulate to accommodate it. What this means is our brain reduces the number of dopamine receptors, which is thought to result in a diminished reward response and a higher tolerance to the addictive substance. That is not good news, ladies, because it means we need even more of the substance to get the same reward, and we desire it twice as much. This drives the vicious cycle of overeating, weight gain, and more overeating. This is why we experience the phenomenon of setting out with good intentions of not overeating, and then overdesire takes over and it drives us to seemingly eat against our own will. Our brain's job is to seek pleasure as a survival mechanism. When pleasure is so condensed, then the brain's motivation is accelerated and increased. Overriding this desire is difficult when we don't understand it. It becomes a battle that most of us end up losing. When you combine that addictive effect of sugar and flour with the effect it has on our insulin and blood glucose, it is no wonder that we struggle with weight loss. Continuing to eat sugar and flour will make it almost impossible for us to lose weight, and it throws off our hunger signals and our hormones. Now, let me say that this does not mean you're never going to eat sugar and flour again. When you get down to your ideal weight, which will likely be sooner than you think, when you get down to your ideal weight, you can play around with adding some sugar and flour back into your protocol if that works for you and your body and keeps you at your most comfortable weight. For some of us, that will be possible. For some of us, that is not possible, which is actually okay with me since I don't need flour and sugar um, to live my life. My body certainly doesn't need it. I actually believe it is something we lean on. This is a crutch because we don't provide ourselves with enough pleasure elsewhere. We will talk about that in a future episode. Now, in my next episode, I will talk about the benefits of intermittent fasting, but I had to do this episode first so that you can go through the withdrawal symptoms of cutting out sugar and flour first. I don't want you to try to cut out sugar and flour and try intermittent fasting at the same time. If you are not already practicing intermittent fasting, that is, it might backfire on you. Let's let your body tackle one thing at a time. If we stop eating sugar and flour, we can reset our body to eat foods that will release a healthy amount of dopamine in our brains, not an excessive amount. Take for example, if we eat chicken and broccoli, our brains should release a subtle reward because we are eating healthy foods that nourishes our bodies and satisfies our hunger. When we eat chicken and broccoli and we don't get too excited and keep craving for more, that is the right amount of dopamine release. And we know we are resetting our dopamine receptors 
back to their baseline. Eating subtle levels of sugar in natural foods that slow the entry of sugar into the bloodstream will not feed addictive behavior and eating. We were designed to eat specific natural substances in a balanced way, not unnatural substances in an unbalanced way. The more you practice eating healthy foods, the stronger that neural pathway becomes. Eventually, we get so good at it that it becomes an unconscious habit relegated to our primitive lower brain. Sound familiar? Yes, just like our driving example that we talked about in episode two regarding our prefrontal cortex's relationship to our lower brain. I want to close this episode with some thoughts about human behavior that I want you to ponder. Believe it or not, no matter how much we know that sugar and flour will keep us from losing weight, and no matter how much we hear about its detrimental and toxic effects, we often ignore the evidence and fight to maintain our favorite addictive substances. We have been conditioned to believe that what we put into our mouths simply doesn't matter. We continue to embrace unhealthy foods as if the data on how these foods are destroying lives do not exist or do not apply to us. Our brain thinks that if everyone else is eating a certain way, it must be okay. Mmm, thoughts to ponder on, right? And lastly, I want you to consider this. If you think that cutting out sugar and flour is so depriving, as you continue to take care of your body and know that you are taking care of your future self, your future health, your self-esteem will rise. You will feel empowered and have a sense of pride that you are taking back control of your health and not simply letting things happen to you. Eating good, eating right, eating well is self-care, self-love, not deprivation. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider writing me a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Five stars would be amazing. If your review gets selected, I will read it in one of my future episodes. Also, if you have any questions or topics that you would like me to cover, you can go to my website and write to me there. My website is trimandtimeless.com. Just remember to spell out the and, trimandtimeless.com. Until next time, take care, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to Trim and Timeless. If you're feeling inspired and ready to take your journey to the next level, remember that I am here to support you every step of the way. If you're looking for additional accountability, personalized coaching, and unwavering support, visit trimandtimeless.com. That's T-R-I-M-A-N-D-T-I-M-E-L-E-S-S.com. You can sign up for a complimentary mini session where we can explore how I can help you achieve your goals. It would be an honor to be your coach and guide you towards the success you deserve. Until next time, remember, it's never too late to lose weight.